Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. We're in a series called In Christ, How We Identify. We're using the play uh, of what the world's uh, trying to, you know, force on us about what are your, what, how do you identify? What are your pronouns? Well, our, for Christians, ours are in Christ. We're in Christ. That's how we identify. We are in Christ. Christ, the Lord, the hope of glory. He's in us. We're in him. So, as believers, we've got to get our minds and our hearts around this subject so we know who we are. We have got to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And you are a lot bigger on the inside than you realize. So we're going to cover some ground this morning. This is our fourth, this is our fourth uh, message in this series. And I've got at least two more. But I believe this is going to help you uh, to really come to grips with the fact that God did not just do something lightweight in your life when he sent Jesus into the earth. When he sent his son to die on the cross for us and raise him from the dead, this was a massive shift in our planet. I mean, all of hell got destroyed in a moment that he whooped them and made a public display of them that they were defeated foe. So this is a big deal. What he did on the inside of us when we accept Jesus as our Lord is massive. It's life-changing. But if we don't know it, same thing about our rights, our American rights. If we don't know what they are, we won't exercise them. And the enemy's counting on it. He's counting on you not exercising your rights. And I'm giving you ammo this morning so you know what your rights are so you can exercise them. Because the enemy does not have dominion over us anymore. The devil does not have dominion over us anymore. The only access he has is that which we grant. So let's close the door. Amen? Amen. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is a verse that tells us we have been crucified with Christ. That old you is gone. It's dead. It's buried. And when we were raised to new life and following the Lord Jesus, we're brand new. We're brand new. That's our spirit, who we really are. And so we've got to remember that we have been crucified with Christ. That old nature, that old man is no longer a dominating force in us. Now we have Jesus, the hope of glory, fused with us in our spirit, in Christ Jesus, inside of us. It's amazing. That's why it's a big deal. This is not lightweight subject. This is something we can bank on. Amen? Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even while we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is talking about our position, our authority, where we sit. We sit in heaven at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Authoritatively speaking, we are in the best seat in the house. This is why this isn't a lightweight subject. This is a big deal. And And the devil would love for Christians to not understand this subject right here. He loves it when, when we just take a beating day after day, week after week, and, we, and, and just life just steamrolls us because we're not operating from the position of authority. 
Amen? God wants us to operate from a position of victory. It's a different place to work from. When you know you've already won, when you know you've already been seated with Christ in heavenly places, now the problems are you're working down below, you're working down to them from a place of victory, not looking at like these massive obstacles and going, what am I going to do? You're already over them. It's a position of victory. Amen? The Amplified of that verse 5 says, He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him and raised him from the dead. The life of Jesus Christ is on the inside of you. Come on, we're not calling you Jesus. We're saying your spirit and Jesus' spirit are fused together. It's an astonishing thing. It's why it wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. It was not something they could comprehend. It was hidden until the age of grace. It was hidden until the church age. That we would become like Christ. That Christ the Lord, the hope of glory, lives on the inside of us. Come on, this is a total shift from how religion is taught. Religion is taught, you're just a worm. And you just do everything you can to scrape, crawl, drag yourself around. Just, just make penance. And maybe, maybe you'll be okay with God. That's religion. It's garbage. He's already made you right. He's already made you right. You're in. You're in. You, you can't get any more right than you already are. So what we're learning to do as believers is discern between the three parts of who we are. You are a spirit. Your spirit, whether you're born again or not, is eternal. Did you know that? Your spirit is eternal. It will live forever. That's how God made you to be. Where you're going to spend eternity is your choice. Heaven's voting for you. Hell is voting against you. You cast the deciding vote. So in reality, where you spend eternity is all all about location, location, location. (laughs) You want to choose wisely, amen? Now, as born-again Christians, right, and I might be preaching to the choir a little bit this morning, but as, as a Christian that has said yes to Jesus, confessed that he is your Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you have made that decision as an act of your own will and a belief in your heart that you're born again. Now, you're, you have chosen heaven over hell. So your spirit is now perfect. Your spirit's perfect. It's complete. There's nothing missing. There's nothing lacking. When you're born again and you're in Christ, you are lacking Nothing. Nothing. It's amazing. You're complete in him. We're going to see a couple of scriptures. Colossians 2, 9. Verse or 2, 9 through 10. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. That's Jesus. So it says this. In Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now we can, we can wrap our hands around that. Of course. Of course Jesus has all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Of course, he's the son of the living God. He was perfect. He's sinless. He came to the earth. He demonstrated what it was to look like to be sinless and walk the earth. He was, he was showing us what we could walk out as believers. He, of course, he's full of the Godhead. Of course. But then you got to keep reading because verse 10 says, and you are complete in him. You are complete in him. Jesus has all the fullness of the Godhead. And we are complete in him. You and I have access to everything we need in our spirit. Our spirits, the real us, the one that lives forever. When this body checks out and your spirit moves on, that spirit is perfect. It's complete. It's whole. It's sound. It's restored. It's reconciled. And the Holy Spirit has sealed us, vacuum-packed that spirit. It cannot be touched. Your spirit's perfect. It's perfect. It's complete. 
Now, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when you got born again, the next day when you looked in the mirror, you looked just like you. You remember? I mean, sometimes it's like, oh. Right? But you still look like you, right? I mean, if you were skinny when you got born again, you were skinny the next day. I mean, I know about skinny. I was skinny when I was growing up, right? If I stood sideways and stuck my tongue out, they called me a zipper. I'm just telling you, I understand. I understand skinny. But you got you to gotta know that you look the same, but the work didn't happen in your flesh. It didn't happen in this body. This body will be redeemed one day, but it's not redeemed yet. We're working out our salvation. Your soul, the way you think, the way you process, your emotions, your will, that didn't change in a second. You yielded a portion of your will when you said yes to Jesus, but your soul is a work in progress. How you feel, how you think, how you talk, that's a work in progress. That's something that the word, the washing of the water of the word cleanses us and helps us and transforms us and gets us to think differently and process differently and, and, and talk differently. And then our will begins to change and our emotions begin to come into check and into balance with what the word says. Your soul is a process, but your spirit is perfect. It's perfect. This is, a, this is wonderful news, whether you believe it or not. This is really good news. Because now we're learning as Christians to tap into the spirit side of who we are, the real us. And instead of being moved by emotions and feeling and, and input from the world and the situations and the circumstances around us, now we're learning to be moved from the spirit where we're perfect, we're complete, we're whole, we're sound, where God resides. We begin to learn to be transformed by that motivation and not by what we, the input received from the world. Amen? Yep. We're learning some things. Everybody okay? <laughs> oh. John, chapter 1, verse 16 says, And of his fullness we have all received, grace for grace. Now, religion just explodes right there. What? What do you mean, of his fullness? Nobody can receive the fullness of God. In your spirit, you can. He's in there with you. Listen to me. Your spirit is fused with the spirit of God. If we will meditate on this, it will help us to not do dumb stuff. Yeah. You're just like, I don't want to do that. God's with me. I mean, if you're about to do something dumb and your mom's standing right there, would it change it? Some of you are like, no, probably not. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I wouldn't do that in front of my mom. That's stupid, right? I mean, we got to picture ourselves Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's with us all the time. And you're about to do something dumb. And he's like, I can't do that. He's, the Lord's with me. He's infused in me. That's, that's not who I am anymore. That, that, that person died, went to the grave. Got, I got resurrected, new life on the inside of me. This is why he's, he is constantly telling us in scripture, you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to change the way you think. You got to see things that you didn't see before. And it starts with seeing this revelation, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's not me anymore. I don't have to do that stuff anymore. I don't have to respond that way anymore. I don't have to say that anymore. That's the old man. I'm not yielding to the inputs of the flesh anymore. Now I'm yielding to the inputs of the spirit, which is perfect and complete and full. Let me read this one more time so you can get it in there. It says it in the Bible. <laughs> of all his fullness, we have, we have all received grace for grace. Of all his fullness. Think about this. 
how many problems do you really have if you are full of all his fullness? I mean, did Jesus wake up in the morning and go, boy, we got a situation today. What are we going to do? Never. All the fullness, all the fullness lives in us. We've just not tapped into it. I'm not calling us. I'm not calling us Jesus. We're not trying to usurp his position, his place. We're trying to identify and agree with what he's already said. He is in us. uh, We are in him. We're seated with him in heavenly places. He said the two of us, when we're born again, have become one. Let's tap into it. I mean, we're talking about a pantry full of everything you need with an endless rose and supplies. What do you need? It's in there. We got to learn how to access this. It starts with renewing our mind. Mm -hmm. Christ to me, the hope of glory. That old man's gone dead. That's not who I am anymore. I got a brand new spirit, brand new, complete and full in him. I need to learn how to tap into that. Well, how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you came this morning. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Our identity in this series, come on, we're finding out who we are in Christ. Our identity is connected to our purpose. This is why the devil's fighting so hard to change people's identities. When we can't even agree with what God did biologically, we're going to struggle. Are you hearing me? Come on now. This is important that we understand this. Do you see why it's so, it's twisted. The enemy's trying to twist people to get them off kilter, off course. And he's not just doing it in the world. He's doing it in the church. He's getting church people to believe, to believe that they're wretched, sinners, just barely making it. Boy, if you, if you could just have a conversation with God, he would be so disappointed in me. This is what he's, this is the message the enemy's selling to the church who should know better. And yet we haven't been taught who we are, who we are. We're sons and daughters of the living God. Not my confession, his, his. We're just agreeing with it. Sons and daughters have access to the resources of the king and it's in you already. This went over better for service. I'm seeing smoke. I'm seeing smoke out of the ears. Just like, come on, let this sink in. Let it, let it get in you. This message is important to be in you. Not just something you heard once, to be a part of who you are. It's got to be in you. It's revelation. You understand it. You know it. You hold it to be true. Nobody can take it from you. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Everybody okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be dealing with identities in our life, in the natural, and in our soul. We are a spirit. We live in a body. We possess a soul. This is a three-part being. This is who we are. This is just basic Christianity. Your spirit will live forever. Where you decide to live is up to you. I, I would suggest heaven is a good choice. Okay? But once you do that, you still, you still possess a soul, and you still live in a body. When this body quits, you step over into eternity, Right? So we have, to, we have to learn as believers to not be led and directed by our flesh and by our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. These things we have to adjust and change. So as we're, as we're growing in the things of God, we're learning how to re-identify ourselves in Christ, which means some of these short-term identifications we've had can actually fall away to the wayside. How your family has talked about you, what they've said over you, teachers, parents, siblings, aunts and uncles, the, the way you look and talk and act, the, the mannerisms, the gestures. There are things we have picked up from our family that are no bueno, right? That means no good. Sometimes we get stuff 
from our family that we're like, ah, I wish I hadn't got that, right? I mean, as a dad, I'm like, I wish she hadn't got that, <laughs> right? There's some things that just, they transfer over, but you're not stuck there. Let's just talk about uh, hereditary or genetics. There are scientific medical experts that say there's no way you can avoid this if your mom and your dad had it. And I'm telling you, there is. Your DNA, your genetics can change because God is now your father, that Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. He can change how your body responds to things by how we yield to him. Okay, I gotta say this again. He can change. He has the ability to miraculously reset you physically so that even though your grandpa and your great-grandpa and your great-great-grandpa might have had diabetes, you don't have to have it. Just because cancer has gone through your family doesn't mean your cancer has to go through you. I'm submitting to you a different alternative that if we'll recognize that we are in Christ and allow that spirit nature that is really us, that's really in us, to take over, it will transform what's in here, this physical body. Come on, Jesus proved it when he's on the planet, and Christians have been proving it for 2,000 years. Miraculous healings that nobody can explain except the word of God. You don't think it's happening today? You're wrong. It's happening all over the place in this church. Healings and changes and stuff disappearing that shouldn't be there and stuff coming back that should have been. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Our God's a big God. He's not limited by anything. He's limited by us limiting him. You can limit God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's in the book. Jesus could not do any mighty work in Nazareth because of their unbelief. They limited what he wanted to do in his hometown. Come on now. So if we'll get over to God's side, we'll start clicking on all cylinders. That's where he wants us to be fullness, the fullness of who he is flowing through us, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of those around us. Amen? We identify short-term with family. We identify long-term. Sometimes as believers, we identify with Adam, with how he sinned, that we're sinners. And we give these things as excuses. Well, I can't help it. I'm just a sinner. Well, I'm only human. Why are you giving me a hard time? We're identifying with Adam, the old sin nature. Come on, you're you're going to either identify with God's family or you're going to identify with the Adam's family. And I'm telling you what, the Adam's family has got cousins and things and it's all kinds of weird stuff. You want to get out of that family and get over into God's. Come on, you want to you want to get right, amen. There's something about being in God's family and to be getting it right that will help you in every area. We got to identify with Him. We are in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Turn over to John chapter four. Everybody, all right? Come on, I got some things to share with you that are going to help you. Thank you, Jesus. Stuff you used to deal with, just start falling off. Falling off because you know who you are. Thank you, Lord. Old, old ways of thinking, old habits, stuff that's been clinging to you, causing you problems. Habits. Come on now. You with me? John chapter 4, verse 24. It says this, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. He's spirit. We've got to worship him in spirit. That means he's showing us a little picture of what it looks like to live out and operate out of our spirit, the real us. He's not looking for us to worship him in the flesh. He's not looking for a show. 
He's not looking for emotion, although that sometimes emotion gets attached when you're, in the, when you're worshiping in the Spirit. Come on, sometimes the Spirit of God will get on you and, and it'll cause you to laugh or cry or somewhere in between. It just happens. But He wants us to worship Him from our spirit, from the real us. Tap into who He's made us to be. This is important. We learn these things. But He's showing us by a few scriptures, you can operate out of the Spirit. You don't have to do everything out of the flesh. That's the old man. That's how we used to operate. All by senses. How I feel, what I see, what I taste, what I smell, what I hear, operating all out of senses. All of it. That's, what we're, that's how we were trained to be as humans. He wants us to learn to operate out of the Spirit, to recognize it's not just us anymore. It's Christ in us. That's a deal breaker right there. It'll change everything. Thank you, Lord. 1 John four seventeen says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that while we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Come on, I need to say this again. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, as he is right now, his present tense, where's Jesus at? It's easy for us to answer this. The scripture says, He's at the right hand of the Father. He's ascended. He finished the work. He did exactly what he was called to do and finished everything he was supposed to do in the earth. And God raised him up, raised him up into heaven, ascended, seated him at his right hand. And now Jesus is our advocate before the Father that we are sons and daughters of God. So that's a done deal. So as he is, righteous, pure, holy, made right. So as he is, so are we in this world. You realize I'm not making this up. This is in the book of John. You saw this, right? It's in the first John. As he is, so are we. He's asking us to come to another level as believers. To not live this lowly, meek, barely make it life. The life of Jesus is inside of us. As he is, so are we in this world. There's a reason why he called us to the ministry. All of us go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, lay hands on the sick see them recover, cast out devils. (laughs) You can't do that by yourself. You got to do that with the Lord's help. As he is, so are we in this world. Do you see how we have lived such a low level Christian life for so long? I mean, it's just painful to look back and think about it. Lord Jesus, why have I put up with this garbage for so long? It's because we haven't been taught. We haven't seen it for ourselves in the word. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's in me right now. He's not catching an Uber and just coming in and out when he wants. He's there all the time, hanging out. And he wants to manifest himself to you in your life, to your family, and to the world. But he will never force it. He's never going to force it. We got to yield to him. If we'll yield to Jesus, if we'll yield to this, this revelation that Christ is in us, it'll help our faith bring us to another level of believing him for what he promised. It'll help us to step into areas we never thought possible because now it's not us anymore. It's us and Jesus. It'll help every area. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is peace, life and peace, life and peace. There's a drawing of two circles. Just imagine with me. Two circles that, that join together in the, you know, where they overlap. They just overlap in the middle. Two circles. One is our spirit. 
and one is our flesh, our body, right? Because we are a spirit, we live in a body, we possess a soul. Where they overlap is our soul, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. How we think, what, what we feel, that's our soul. Our soul can operate in both realms. This is the brilliance of this. Our soul, how we think, our emotions, our will operates in both realms, in this circle. It's shaded in there. Now, the enemy, the devil, the world wants us to operate in our soul out of the conviction of the body, out of the flesh, out of the senses. And when we're infused with Christ, when we're made, when we're made right with him, when we come into the kingdom of God, now he wants us and our soul to be motivated and moved by our spirit. So there's this battle between your flesh, which, which likes all the naughty stuff. Don't look at me like you never even done nothing. Come on now, your flesh, right? Which, which likes all the naughty stuff and your spirit, which wants everything that's righteous and holy and pure. And your soul's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You, you dictate what you do, right? When we, when we fill up with flesh and world and we just meditate and think about all these desires and things, when, we, when that's our attention, guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna be lured to that. But when we get this of who we are, that Jesus is in us, living, alive, ready to go. At any, he's, he's full of the Godhead bodily, and he's in us. And we start thinking about that, our spirits will start pulling us out of junk. The stuff you used to, that bug you, that you just feel like you were just dragging around forever, you'll start not liking it anymore. Are you hearing me? Yep. This is the pull. This is the battle. Your spirit and your body battling each other. You're going to have to deal with your flesh until Jesus comes back. I heard a preacher say one time, a guy came to him and he said, just pray, just pray for me that, that I won't have any more problems with the devil. And the preacher's like, you want me to pray that you'll die? No, 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 no. I don't want to die. Well, he said, that's the only way out of this, pal. That's it. If we're praying that, you're going to go see Jesus. Because you're always going to have to deal with your flesh. You're always going to have to deal with some sort of temptation. What I'm telling you is, is that the temptation that pulls on you as you yield your soul to your spirit will not pull on you like it did. It won't. Things get easier. Have you noticed how easy it is to obey the speed limit when the sheriff's right next to you? <laughs> no problem. I'm even going slower than the speed limit. Just carry on, pal. Carry on. Super easy, isn't it? You got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Makes it real easy when you recognize he's right here, right here, right here. Not driving beside me in the car. Means he's listening to what I'm listening to. And he's hearing what I'm talking about. Right? He's seeing how I'm handling the kids in the back. He's, he's with you. All the time. Helping you. Do what's right. Amen. Lord, I got so much to do. Thank you, Jesus. This is why we do series, right? Because if I, if I said everything I needed to say, we'd be here till Tuesday and we'd have a very small church. <laughs> so I got to give it to you in just bite-sized chunks. Just keep coming back. You'll get, you'll get the stuff. But it's important that we say all this. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First, or 2 Corinthians uh, 5.14 says, For the love of Christ compels us. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for, but for him who died for them and rose again. This is the deal right here. 
This is where we, this is where we walk and talk. We, we recognize Christ died and we all died. And then as he lives, we live for him. We're, not that we can live for ourselves. Now, man, I got I to gotta, I gotta briefly get into some, some stuff that I can't say all of it until next week. But when I do, I want you to make sure you understand I have not completed the whole thought and to not walk out of here going, that guy's nuts. You got to come back and let me wrap it all. I got to package it all up. But it's important that we recognize that, um, that who we really are, our spirit, is, is, a, is in, so infused with God, so sealed by the Holy Spirit that it's perfect. It can't be tainted. Your spirit cannot be penetrated with wickedness and evil. It's sealed by the Holy Spirit and you're fused with Jesus. It's not your spirit that's the problem when we make mistakes. It's we've allowed our soul to be dictated by our flesh and we're yielding over to here to what feels good and then we get out of bounds. That's about how quiet it was first service. See, we have to, take, we have to own responsibility for the choices that we make. But we have to understand that even when we make bad choices, we're not in and out of heaven. Our spirit is, is set. When we made the decision and called Jesus our Lord and our Savior, and we believed that in our heart and confessed it with our mouth, the Bible says we were made new creatures in Christ. The old man passed away. All things have become new. We're brand new. You can't change that by actions. There's only one. There's only one way to get out of born again, and that is to do the opposite of what you did to get born again. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you don't believe this anymore. That's not me. I don't want it. I'm rejecting it. I'm laying aside. You, that is an act of your will. That is not a flippant response to being off your rocker or loopy from medication or, you know, having an accident. None of that. It is an, it is an intentional act of the will. And I don't believe that happens very often. But it can. So you have to understand that the enemy's whooping religious people and Christians all the time with religion, telling them, oh, you're off again. Oh, you're out of grace. Oh, you're out of favor. Oh, you better get born again again. Oh, you better fix that. I mean, he's constantly, we make a mistake, and he's just trying to get us back to, and that's religion. Now, we're supposed to confess our sins when we make mistakes. He asked us, when you make a mistake, 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all that garbage. He's, he is faithful to do that. But that didn't change your spirit. Your spirit sealed. Vacuum packed. Bubble wrap. Shell around it. I mean, it's, it's protected. It's protected. Are you hearing me? This is why, let's just say, let's just say a brand new baby Christian, right? Just, just got born again, just finding out about the things of God. We won't, we won't talk about the 40-year Christians, right? And you'll understand when I make the analogy why it's less important for them. But baby Christian, right? Just got born again. You're navigating life, trying to get rid of the old man, trying to get rid of the old habits. Come on, the old way you used to talk and think and the stuff you used to do, you're like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. That doesn't feel right. There, there should be something on the inside that's scratchy, that says, mm, uh, that's, uh, that doesn't feel right. That's your spirit going, yeah, stop it. Stop it. But there's, let's say, brand new Christian, right? This has happened in life. Somebody just got born again. They're living life. They're still trying to get out of the life they were living, maybe making some bad choices, and they find themselves in a bad situation, and maybe they pass away. Car accident, something happens, right? Has it ever happened in the history of the world? Brand new, just got born again a week before, and something happens, and they're gone. They're in heaven. Super glad they made it to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Right, but right as he's like careening off the road and gonna hit this tree, 
words come out of his mouth that aren't glorifying to God. Four-letter ones. You know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden, he's standing in front of Jesus. Now, if you're talking to religious people, they'd say, you're done, pal. Sorry. Sinned right before you died. Hmm, Sorry. Right? That's what religion says. But his spirit didn't change just because his flesh said something that he shouldn't have said. Come on now, you might be standing in front of Jesus going, hey, uh, right, right, just a few seconds ago. <laughs> so, I'm sorry about that. I, you know, the tree and the rock and the, and the you know, just, and Jesus just give you a big hug, man, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Do you hear me? You don't fall in and out of the good graces of God when you're born again. Thank the Lord, or we're all in trouble. You're still okay. But listen, sin will wreck your life. If you keep choosing that over the word of God and you violate your conscience, you violate your brand new reborn human spirit, you keep doing the wrong things, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will cost you more than you want to pay and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. It will mess your life up. Sin will wreck you. It's designed that way. And Christians, well-meaning, love God Christians, making bad decisions, have, have influence and wreck parts of their life. Because they've just made bad decisions. Come on, preachers. Preachers falling into sin, not having boundaries. Liking the secretary or the whoever. Like, come on now, I'm not judging anybody, but it, it'll wreck your ministry. It'll, it'll damage your family. It'll cause you problems. You're still going to heaven. But now you're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff you didn't have to deal with. Are you listening to me? Yeah. I'm not talking to anybody here. We're talking about the other churches, right? All those other people meeting on Sunday morning. We're all good. We just got to recognize sin for what it is. God's against sin because it's, it's designed to wreck your life and wreck your family and wreck your kids and destroy your testimony. This is what it's designed to do. And he'll let you keep doing dumb stuff, but it will cost you. Are you hearing me? But your spirit's still good and it's still crying out from the inside. Come on, make a better choice. There's another picture of, of a couple of pipes. Picture this with me. A couple of pipes coming into a valve. They both come into the valve, and the valve can be turned to allow life and the goodness, or the goodness of God or the world to flow down into your life. The valve's in the middle. Your life's underneath. There's two pipes coming in. The, when you turn the valve one way, it lets one side of the pipe flow. When you turn it the other way, it lets the other side of the pipe flow. The, the valve that's in our life is our soul. We have the Spirit of God on one side of the pipe that wants to fill us with the life of God. That's who we are. It's our nature now. It's on the inside of us when we're born again. I keep saying when we're born again, when we're born again, you got to be born again. Otherwise you got two supplies and they're both garbage. That's why life, people's lives are a mess. They don't know Jesus. Anyway, they turn the valve. It's crap. I said it in church. Crap with the K. It's totally fine. So you got, you got your life full of the Spirit of God on one side and your body, your flesh, the world input on the other. And you get to decide how you turn that valve. When we turn it over to the world, when we turn it over to our feelings and our flesh and how we used to operate, what, what feels good, the inputs from the outside, all the garbage, come on, you're going to get garbage in your life. It's going to flow right through flesh and dump into your life. And there are well-meaning Christians going, God, why? 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 He's like, you got the valve open on the wrong side. Oh, yeah. You know, if you'll, just, if you'll just make the adjustment, our soul dictates what flows into us, how we think, how we talk, how we respond, 
our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's why over and over in Scripture, over and over in Scripture, over and over, renew your mind. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Garbage comes in for you to think about. You're like, nope, that's not of God. I'm rejecting that. I'm rejecting that. I'm rejecting that. I'm going to put in the word of God. What did he say? I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the living God. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's who I am. The life of God lives in me and flows through me. Ah, thank you, Lord, for the life-giving power that's in me right now. Everything I need, everything that pertains to life and godliness is in Christ Jesus, and I'm in him, and he's in me. Come on, this is how we have to think and talk and act, and when we're doing that, we're opening the valve to the life flow of our spirit, and it pours out into our life and floods our life with goodness, and in just in a short amount of time, we're like, wow, look how good this got. Are you hearing me? We got to get to the place where we stop cracking the valve to the flesh. Stop opening it up. Well, just need to feel a little something from the old days. Okay. How much crap with a K do you want in your life? Because that's what you're letting in. Are you hearing me? I saw a video of a guy definitely, definitely in a uh, second, third world country where they're irrigating. They're channel irrigating. And they're running water down these rows of, of basically just dirt ramps. And they're flowing down and then they're rechanneling this water and it's flooding into fields and fingers and watering things. And he's about to make a shift from where he's watering into a new section of field. And while he's doing that, he's standing in the canal and he's reaching over outside of the canal and he's, and he's got this like hoe looking uh, device tool and he's, and he's raking up this clay, heavy clay dirt mud out of the one side. And when he's ready, he's got enough gathered. He grabs that whole thing and he pulls it into the canal where he's at he, and he makes a dam just right in front of him, and the hole he created when he pulled it in, now the water's immediately starting to channel out from where it was and into this dry spot that's all rowed out and prepared and ready. And you can see the water begin to just channel immediately right into this flow, and the fingers of the water just begin to work all this path he'd already created to fill and to water and to flourish. And I'm telling you what, the life of God wants to fill every row of your life, to fill and to water and to flourish, but you're directing the flow of the water. It's up to you. What do you want? Because you can choose by your soul to dictate which way you're turning that valve. And if you'll do it, you'll see the life-giving water start flowing all over the place. And I mean, fruit's just coming out of place. You're like, wow, I didn't even know I, didn't even know I could grow fruit over there. Let's do that. Let's do that. Some and all of a sudden, your life is just full of the life of God because you made a decision. I'm going to live out of this place of the spirit of who I am. I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to agree with God. He said, I'm right with him. He said that I'm fused with the spirit of God. He's, he said that I'm right with Christ. I'm in Christ, Christ in me. He said, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. He said, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in, fills up Jesus and that I'm complete in him. He said these things. We learn to access it through our soul, renewing our mind, seeing the word of God, accessing the spirit, turning the valve open. Everybody okay? Come on, this is life-changing for us. We have to see ourselves as God sees us. If we'll do that and we'll agree with him, life will become amazing. It will radically change in every way. Everywhere you open up that, that dam, that valve, it'll begin to flow into our life. The life-giving water of the word of the, of the spirit of God. Man, he's so good at it. He's so good at bringing dry or uh, making dry ground flourish again. I mean, just look at the nation of Israel, just desert for just centuries, horrible. 
And it's flourishing again. It's blooming in the desert again. Why? Because his promises in the word said it would happen in the last of the last days, that Israel would bloom and flourish right in the middle of a desert. Your life, no matter how deserted it is, can bloom and flourish if you'll crack the valve. Let it open. Let it flood in. Amen? Can we do it? Absolutely empowered to do it, aren't we? Thank the Lord for that. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.